Banana Bunch. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Welcome to the show. I'm just sitting here going through some of these hot, hot deals in the ad today. You know, I thought it might be fun on the show since I think everyone really... You know what? Listen, I'm like one of you, too. I love a good deal, so I thought I might occasionally bring up some of these deals and then put them on the show. So you can see, so we've been running all these hot prices on this stuff. So I brought some of these, uh, this Luigi Vitelli pasta we've got on sale right now for 99 cents. They're doing sales on all kinds of pasta sauces. I see La Rosa's in the, uh, in the front page here. So if you are Cincinnati people, you'll be very excited about that. Uh, it's not for me, uh, but there are other good jarred sauces. We have a whole aisle of them out here. Uh, but I also thought this is a really great deal. This uh, Salvatore de Caro, it's an extra virgin olive oil, Evu as it were, uh, but this is a, on sale this is three dollars off right now it's 6.99 for this whole bottle crazy and then i think since this is all very much a it feels like we're having spaghetti dinner together so if you want to invite me over now's the time uh but this is probably the best deal in the whole weekly ad this week uh this is 24 month age parmesan reggiano uh normally it's about 12.99 a pound but it's on sale right now for 8.99 a pound so yeah, come in and get this stuff there. I mean, there's other things too. I was looking at here. I saw some deals. I'm excited to try more of the black water beverages. There's a crazy deal on Lysol lemon wipes and I made the mistake of posting to my social media, which meant every person I've ever met that lives in Northern Kentucky called me yesterday to be like, Mark, bring me Lysol wipes home, to which I told most of them no. Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing is reserved for like two people in my life. And one of them's my mother. Uh, but uh, you know, the other one, this is a fun one for me personally as a rock fan. But Rush, the band, made a drink. I made some TikToks about it. You probably liked it. Uh, they made a golden Canadian Canadian golden ale, and the golden ale is actually really good. I got a couple bottles earlier this year. Uh, shout out to former guest Terry Lukemeyer, director in town. He was on the show last year. Also a huge Rush fan. I bought those. I bought some of them for me to give to him when we worked on a shoot together this year. Left the shoot without the beer. Smart move, Mark. Uh, that's fun. And there's also some. Uh, these are all technically brews too from Wild Tea. They're really, really, really good. They're like fruit tea. They're they're legally beers, but they're kind of more like a sparkling tea, alcoholic tea. Highly recommend if you're into that world. So anyway, I thought I would do little things like this, you know, because we're doing the giveaways on the show, um, talking about these kinds of things, you know, uh, events in the store, and this is an events episode. Um, now, however, I want to announce the winner from last week's episode. Each week, I'll go ahead and announce a new winner. Uh, I'm giving it this week to the Mariah MS1. Uh, as of this time, I will have written to you already on YouTube, Mariah. I'm assuming that's your real name. Uh, so respond to me there. I'll leave you an email to contact me. This is how we're going to do it every time. I'm always going to pick it. I'm trying to get one of those big bingo ball rollers so we can actually like pick it on there rather than right now what I'm doing is using a randomizer and then just picking it off the internet, which is still fun too. Uh, that way I can make sure I'm not giving this to my friends. <laughs> Although friends, I do appreciate your love and eventually you will win. I just got to make sure it doesn't look like I would ever give preferential treatment to anybody because I wouldn't. I hate that. I hate, hate nepotism in that regard. It's like knowing me doesn't get you anything for free unless I don't know whether well, there's still some exchange of goods and services. 
So ridiculous. So anyway, thank you all so much for playing. I got a lot of great feedback on last week's episode. I think that's a good way, way to do it. So this week, and we had fun doing this last week, which is why I'm going to keep shifting the game until I really come into an idea of how I want to do this every week. But this week, I'm going to give you a comical an absurd amount of instant ramen because we're cooking up some ramen episodes here and some ramen content. Um, I have that out, but even more fun, if you follow me on YouTube, uh, you can follow me on TikTok. I sometimes will either do a YouTube live or a TikTok live. TikTok tends to have a uh, slightly uh, louder audience, shall I say. Uh, and we're gonna actually pick some of those together on the internet on Wednesday, the day of the show's release. So if you're on there, you'll get a notification. We tend to do it uh, mid-afternoon, typically around two o'clock. And I'll go through the store and we'll shop for the thing. That way you can kind of be involved in what you're gonna win the next week. So that'll be for next week. We'll do it all there. Again, shout out to the Mariah MS1. I appreciate you all. And for every week, folks, a couple notes on these giveaways. One, in-store pickup only. And the entry is pretty simple. I want you to subscribe to us on YouTube. Tell your friends, by the way, because like my personal goal is to make sure all of you win something from me because I'm going to do this every week. So tell your friends, subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, and then you're going to leave a comment on the episode that this is about. So this week, same thing. I just want you to tell me something you either picked up or thought was interesting about this episode, something you learned about this episode, or one of the events that you're the most excited to come take part at here at Jungle Gyms because we got some more stuff. And uh, before I go too far on the rest of this episode, I thought I'd actually bring in uh, one of my favorite recurring guests here to talk about some events we're doing back in beer and wine. Hey, Michael. Hey, how you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. Okay, so you're here because I think this is going to be a fun thing we should be doing more frequently anyway, but the floor is yours. I hear you have some events that you want to tell me about that well, go I mean, on in the store. Some of the events are things we always do. Some are things we only do every so often. The thing we have coming up that's major, obviously, is the Wine Festival on November 11th. Huge fan. From 7 o'clock till 10 o'clock. On, that's Saturday night upstairs at the Oscar uh, Center and over at the Oscar Event Center, Oscar Station. So it's going to be you know, a lot of fun. I don't want to get into it deep right now, but it's only the biggest uh, wine event of the year. So I, mean, <laughs> I love that. Only the biggest. Only. Wines from all over the world. Yeah, uh, I think last year we had 450 wines. I'm sure we'll have that many again this year. Cool. And uh, tickets are selling fast. Don't ask me where you can get them or how, because you can only get them online. That's right. Well, I know where then. Junglefests.com. <laughs> um, what else we got going on? Well, we do have every Wednesday night mm -hmm. from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock at Fairfield, we do uh, something conservatively called Back That Glass Up. And <laughs> I know the G and the L are a little surprising. And... Um, it's a wine tasting where we pick out five or six wines, and uh, it's by the glass, and it's a different theme every week. For instance, this week coming up, uh, we're doing Primitivo, which is the Italian name for Zinfandel. It's very similar, not identical, but close. Okay. And then Zinfandel from California. So it's like, you know, try this, try that. I love it. I think that's one of the most fun things about coming to the events here at the Jungle is that kind of, listen, if you don't know about it, you're going to know about it. And you're going to get an education whether you want one or not. Right, exactly. Which is why I like getting educated in your department. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens every Wednesday, different theme every week. And cool. we also have, just for fun, uh, the third Saturday of every month, we have Fine Wine Walkabout, which is $20 bracelet, um, samples from 25 to 50 different wines, depending on how many tables we have and how much room we have to set them up in. Okay. And there's a little bit of, you know, uh, oh, Bread and charcuterie and cheese and everything. So you, sure. you know, you're not completely wiped out by drinking wine, but 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but that's a little fun too, though. And that one you just pay when you come in the store. There's no right. There's okay. there's, there's no in advance. It's just you know walk in. Hey, I'm thirsty. Give me one of those bracelets. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I always enjoy the walkabouts too because I've tried a lot of fun. Well, you know, I, I as I tasked you almost two years ago now. Isn't that crazy? I know, right? But I was like, help me understand wine. And that was a really, really, honestly, it's a fun event. It's easy. And I've met a lot of regulars that now watch the show somewhat frequently. And that was kind of a nice thing, too. So I am always glad for you to come in and push these. So anytime, especially if you've got something fun or especially if it's weird, I'm 100% on board. Um, are we ever bringing back the sake tastings? Sake to me. They did one over at Eastgate mm -hmm. not that long ago. And I think... We're probably going to wait. We did the sake dinner upstairs right. um, earlier this year. I think we're probably going to wait until spring of 2024. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, so there's a lot of stuff to keep on the horizon. And we'll have this all, by the way, everyone. You can also always go to our events page on jugglegyms.com. We have all of that mentioned there as well. Or more importantly, you should just come in and see Michael and he'll tell you about this. You can yeah, drink just, with him. Come in and chat. Yeah. Oh, and buy a couple of thousand dollars worth of wine. No, please. All right. Thanks, Michael. No, no problem. Thank you, Mark. Of course. That was fun. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. And, you know, of course, you can always keep up with us, as I said earlier, junglegyms.com. We have an events page. And then if you're just, you know, if you don't like even that much premeditation, just go to junglefest or junglefests.com, and you can actually see what tickets we've got available for events. The Wine Festival rules. It was a really, really good time last year. Lucky and I looked incredibly handsome in our outfits. Uh, <laughs> But it was a great time. And, you know, weather permitting, we usually run the monorail. So that's another way. Hey, listen, if you want to ride the monorail, that's a good way to do it. Though last year was funny. It was like, I think it was our first actual snowstorm was on the day of wine festival last year. So we're all like, yeah, we're gonna ride the monorail tonight. And then it snowed and we couldn't do it. So in the chance of inclement weather, that doesn't happen. Um, so since we are doing a lot of event stuff on here and I've got a little film background, I thought I'd talk about one of our recurrent. This is a repeat guest technically now, although... He's not here with us this time, but it's about him. So I know I've mentioned in the last couple of weeks on the show, we have an event coming up on the 21st of October. It's a Saturday here at Jungle Gyms. We are hosting the screening of 98 Degrees West, a film by Stephen Powell uh, about and starring our friend Zamir Gata. Zamir, you might remember from uh, Anthony Bourdain's shows. Uh, he was Bourdain's travel partner. Uh, he was on a ton of episodes of the show. I mean, it, look, I, I see the emails. You all are very big fans. Uh, and so Stephen made a documentary about Zamir and his life and his work. Uh, and, well, I should just, I, I ha can't bury this lead right now because the day before I recorded this part, I got a call from them saying that they actually, they had their first premiere at the Buffalo International Film Festival. And we'll talk about it a little bit in the interview. But they ended up taking home Best Feature Film at the festival. So, of course, congratulations. But the important part is that we still have tickets available for the screening. So it would be very cool of you if you wanted to come check that out. Again, that's on the Jungle Fest site. You can go and buy your tickets. We have a very uh, uh, cheap entry level, just a standard pass just to watch the movie. Or you can do a little VIP tasting action. Uh, Zamir's going to do a vodka toast with his Peacemaker vodka. There's all kinds of fun stuff going on. And, of course, you still get the screening with that, too. But I wanted to do some promo for that, so I reached out to Stephen, who directed the film, and Stephen and I had a little chat. So let's uh, let's toss it over to Stephen Powell, shall we? What's up, Stephen? How you doing? Pretty well. Uh, just uh, sitting out here in what is possibly the last warm weather of the year up here in, <laughs> in, up, in upstate New York. Yeah, I was gonna say we have. Uh, I saw the the weather change tomorrow. We've got a. I think I've got like a high of fifty five tomorrow. I'm very much. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm very much built for fall weather. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, Stephen, I guess, you know, I probably did a good setup clip before I ran this part of the interview. Uh, but of course, you guys are coming here to premiere. Uh, well, you're doing the Ohio premiere of 98 Degrees West, the documentary you made with Zamir. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're uh, we're kind of uh, getting used to this part of the film production, meaning it's uh, done. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm still getting, <laughs> I'm still getting used to that part. How long have you all been working on this movie? Oh, well, I, I like to say four years. Um, okay. And it uh, it started, you know, when he had asked me to do a pitch reel for the networks, which I used to do way long time ago. And yeah. uh, and I said no. <laughs> kind of, he looked forlorn for a minute. And I said, but I would be interested in doing a documentary about you. And he goes, well, what's that? You know what? You know, meaning, what does that look like? And uh, right. you know, he's a he's a veteran uh, industry guy with documentary and television shows. Um, you know, he's worked with Will Smith. He's worked with a lot of big names before he met Bourdain. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of people understand that, but he's a real what they call a fixer. So yeah. you fly into Russia or Georgia or Kazakhstan or whatever, and you say, I need somebody to kind of help me around on the ground down here. You know, I need to go talk to the mayor. I need to go see the best restaurant or whatever. And he's like, yep, I got you. So that's what the fixer does. He's like a producer for cool. remote locations. Oh, that's awesome. How did you first get uh, connected with him? You know, uh, I met him through a friend of a friend. Yeah. I said, oh, you got to meet this guy, you know, and, and so I met him at my friend's clothing shop and I'm like, it's kind of strange. He had the bottle of vodka, you know, and, and, uh, then I realized that I sat next to him on one of the episodes of the Bourdain show. I think it was no reservations when they're here in Buffalo. And I didn't realize that 10 years later we would be working together. Now, when I say sat next to him, I mean, I was two tables over and I wasn't working as a camera guy. Normally I work for TV shows and, and I'm a camera guy for TV shows. So I was not real happy that night because I didn't have to carry a camera. I just watched everybody else for guys. <laughs> uh, but it's just kind of strange, you know, that suddenly, well, not suddenly, but you know, well, 10 years later, I was going to be doing a project with Samir. That's so cool. Yeah, and it sounds like such a great thing. So, I mean, obviously, you were saying you've been working as camera ops, and so now I'm getting all excited. Um, what was, were you just looking for a little change in general? Is that why, is that what appealed to you about the idea of doing documentary? Because you've, if I'm not mistaken, you've made some shorts and some films before, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I've done lots and lots and lots of that. But, you know, normally I'm what's called the director of photography. I'm the guy mm -hmm. that is in charge of the camera look of the documentary. And so I've done numerous ones for TV, but, you know, not one where I'm the director. You know, yeah. I decide the story. Normally it's just like, you know, shut up, turn the camera on, do as the boss, meaning the director tells exactly. you. Yeah. and and get all those the first shots. they see in full focus yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah if there's such a budget to have yeah, right. see, you know you know so uh, so with samir the alluring thing was wow i got a potential to tell a story about somebody who's famous and i get to tell the story and that was my big egotistical caveat i said i will do this but i want dictatorial control monolithic absolute power and decide what this story is going to do and be. 
you know, and I needed to get my yayas out. And and so he agreed. And uh, and you know, then we started going around the world together and and uh really having a blast and 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 it's been mostly uh mostly fun because it's unscripted and really unplanned. Some of the best stuff we got, I didn't even know we were going to film until four hours before we got there. So, you know, Zamir's skill at finding a story or at least a potential story, he learned that from Bourdain and Bourdain's people. And so, you know, you land in a a town like Cincinnati, what do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I have a list. I'm Cincinnati's fixer. So, uh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, there you go. I got a list of things. We'll have a good time when you get down here. Uh, oh, you know, great. this is actually probably a good time too. just tell us a little bit about the story of the documentary. And, you know, actually, before we even do that too, you mentioned the director of photography thing by the first note when I got, you know, I guess I'm li- um, be lying to the audience if I say I didn't get to watch this already. Uh, but the whole time I was like, wow, this is incredibly well shot. And I, now it <laughs> makes perfect sense too that that was your background. So anyway, yeah. Tell us all a little bit about the, sell us on coming out to this event, Stephen. <laughs> I think yeah, selling you to come to an, the the event. Um, I I think the first thing I'll say is that I hope people find this piece entertaining. Yeah. Um, because I worked so many years in reality television, my main concern was don't bore the audience with one. Of, here, here we go. We'll do this. Well, here you're here today in an interview and. Uh, things are going great. So, Mr. Powell, what do you think? Well, the sociological ramifications of filmmaking is a guy sitting in a chair as opposed to, oh, there's spiders in the corner. I think I might go see if I can touch one. So the the difference between the style of shooting a staid documentary and this film uh, need to be, people need to be made aware that this film is not a sit down interview-based analysis with some guy with a pipe in a smoking jacket. This right. is Zamir getting in trouble a few places <laughs> and going into places that we shouldn't have been able to go, like a Russian submarine. Right. So, you know, that's the stuff that this film is about, and I tried to keep it short to meaning one hour instead of 90 minutes. I just wanted it watchable, you know? Love that. What were some of your favorite parts of this production? Yeah, I um, love the smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say probably my favorite part of this production was we were down along the Mexican border wall fence, whatever you want to call it. That's a non political right. statement. <laughs> and um, I've been going down there for years and uh, filmed on both sides of it and done some interesting stuff in regards to the drug trade. So I said, you know, I got to bring Zamir down here because Zamir grew up in communist Russia with the Berlin Wall. So this is America's version of the Berlin Wall. So we, my brother gets us all on an airplane. He flies us all out there and we go out miles out into the desert, in the middle of this, you know, rattlesnake danger place. And, uh, my, my friend Colton said, hey, I got an idea with the drone. So I said, what? And I said, hey, Zamir, get down and do your underwear. Zamir's like, okay, I'd loot. And so he <laughs> drops, drops his skivvies, and we give him a banana and a bunch of empty beer cans and scattered them out on the ground. And then Colton had this idea in his head. I said, run with it, dude. And so the, the drone is spiraling over Zamir as he's laying sprawled in the desert on the ground. It's 105 degrees. 
And it's the analogy of him being passed out. You know, Breaking Bad, that's what it was. The show right. Breaking Bad. We were doing a, a, an homage to the, the <laughs> idea of Breaking Bad. And all of a sudden, I turn around, and it's the Border Patrol coming up the road. And I'm like, oh, boy. So I flagged him down. And he goes, the Border Patrol guy goes, oh, good. Oh, I thought it was another man down call. And I said, no, we're just filming. He goes, yeah, I see your cameras. And then he looks and he squints and he leans in and he goes, Zamir got it from the Bourdain show? <laughs> we're, we're miles out in the desert and this guy recognizes Zamir, who's in his underwear with a banana in his hand and a thing of vodka in the other. And uh, yeah, I would say that was my, just about my favorite moment and there were about 10 others. <laughs> Yeah, talk about capturing the unexpected. I can't even imagine having that moment come up. You're like, all right, is this going to be a Well, and they always say, right, you know, filmmaking is problem solving. So it's one of those that I imagine you're sitting there like, all right, here comes the Border Patrol. This probably is not going to end well. And then, of course, it's the exact opposite. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, oh, I didn't so think cool. it was going to end well. He was a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, and we went on and finished our stuff. We couldn't interview him because obviously he's working for the government. But uh, sure. Uh, were there any things that you all tried to capture that didn't make it into the film? Oh, yeah. So, you know, one of my things was I kind of overshot. Um, we've got probably another hour's worth of content sitting in there on um, the servers in there. Yeah, you know, it's just stuff that really didn't drive the story forward. So sometimes sure. when you you edit your first go around, you're like, oh, you know, how long do you stay in a certain scene before sure. the viewer might get bored? So Zamir and I, Zamir suggested, hey, Stephen, why don't you take a ruler, so to speak, and make sure that no one scene lasts longer than three and a half minutes. And so I applied that template throughout the entire film to make sure that it keeps moving. And, um, uh, you know, there was, there was one, uh, Zamir's full of these great one-liners, and at one point he goes, do I drink too much? And I've got all these things where he's, um, you know how some people smoke cigarettes, so they always have a cigarette yeah. in their hands, a nervous thing? Well, Zamir has his flask in his hand at all times. And it's a prop, so he's always sipping. And if you listen carefully, you realize that Zamir is not actually drinking. He wets his tongue with the, the essence of vodka in this case. And it's just his nervous habit. And so, you know, but I've got him hosting and tipping about a thousand times. So I made this montage of rock and roll music. <laughs> he looks like this heavy, <laughs> heavy drinking dude. And so, you know, I've got montages like that. I've got, you know, some walk and talks where he, uh, he and his friend Patrick, who's from Bardstown, Kentucky, uh, were walking and trying to clarify that Zamir really doesn't drink this much. Um, yeah. And then, you know, but on other days, uh, Zamir can drink like a Titan and handle it. Uh, he and I, if I can digress for a moment. Please, um, no, do your thing. Okay. He and I were in Moscow. I think it was our last day of filming. We had gone up to St. Petersburg and done the, the Russian submarine scene and some other stuff at the Hermitage. And and uh, we were back at this Moscow apartment with this famous guy who was like Russia's, um, you know, uh, uh, Wolf Blitzer or Anderson Cooper, the equivalent. You know, sure. And so we're at his apartment, his condo, and everybody lives in high rises in Moscow and, uh, and, and we're sitting there and we're starting to drink vodka and there's salt, salted fish and pickles and beets and all this stuff on the table. And Zamir was just kind of watching me. He goes, now we take these, we're about to do a toast. He's very serious. And we do the toast. He goes, now Steven, eat some pickles, eat some fish, eat some of this every single time he was on me. And that allowed me to finish about 14 shots in four hours. 
and remain upright, able to speak English. And I remember the whole thing and I was able to function because, yeah, because he knew better. You know, he's Russian drinking is very structured and very um, well controlled so that you don't go bonkers in general. And right. so, you know, when we watch Zamir drink, he knows how to handle it, unlike most of us Americans who the idea is, oh, I don't want to eat breakfast or lunch because I'll get a better buzz. In right. this case, yeah. uh, in this case, you know, Zamir knows, knows the uh, way to get through a day. <laughs> We're a value drinkers in the States, I feel like. Is the yeah, best. I think so. I think so, you know. <laughs> what was it had you been to russia before this documentary no no uh and i loved it loved it um just so much fun and uh i got to meet some of zamir's friends one of which uh was a famous uh producer uh De debrian i gotta check the spelling on his name but he did a film that was the longest single take in film history single take film Oh, wow. And uh, it was taking place in the Hermitage Museum, and they had 2,300 actors. So this exceeds the film 1917 yeah. or 1918, whatever that war film that just came out. But so Zamir, you know, took me around and <clears throat> showed me the ropes, and basically Moscow is kind of like Russia's New York City. And Zamir is kind of Moscow's, uh, He's a hustler. You know, he knows how to get things done. He knows who to talk to. Hey, I got you. I got you covered. You know what I mean? You know, it's kind of a mafioso right. thing. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, you know, it was really, I would love to go back. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to uh, happen. Not, not soon until their government has some change. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, yeah because I assume most of that was shot prior to the Ukraine, Russia. Yeah, military. yeah. The, the military footage that we shot, um, they were totally letting me walk right up to them. I mean, you couldn't do that in Washington, D.C. with a camera. No, not at all. And these, and I thought these, I was in front of the Kremlin filming Zemir walking up, you know, taking a sip as he's walking up the road. And and the, the soldiers, I went over to him. I said, you know, I pointed at the camera. I said, I got a camera and I acted, you know, I'm filming and and they're like, I don't care. They're kind of like construction workers. They just didn't care. It's not their yeah. point. It's not their problem. And so I filmed with rather relaxed, more so than I would have been in our own country. Yeah, that's wild. I love that though. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's got to be amazing to see the differences in even just like not quality is not the right word, but like the way they handle certain things. I mean, even something as simple as filming like that. Because I'm thinking about what it would take for me to film. So, I mean, I hate doing permits. So I'm always like, all right, who yeah, do I know that exactly. owns this property? You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, but Zamir's that guy. He can get things done. Um, he really does. Uh, yeah. I heard some funny stories from uh, Bourdain's uh, producers and one of his camera guys is a friend of mine. And um, it, it, they, Zamir's had some interesting times. In particular, they were in. I don't know, Bulgaria or one of the stands, whatever country it was, and they wanted a bribe, a giant bribe to let Bourdain film. Yeah. You know, and they and Bourdain got kind of pissed. He's like, I'm not paying you and your corrupt wankers to do this, pardon my language, but you know. <laughs> uh, so you know, Zamir has been there, done that, and uh, he really has a an amazing story mm -hmm. and a lot of industry experience that I think most people don't realize. 
Yeah, it was funny when I first interviewed him on the show. That was the thing. I was like, oh, okay. So this all, it all kind of like made so much sense to me in that moment. I was like, of course, you've got this, like, I call it the base tan, right? But it's like all the <laughs> yeah. things, that, you know what I mean? To get in there. It's so great. Uh, what a good guy. And and again, I think it's so cool that you got the chance to like make this movie and follow him around like this. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was fun and, uh, you know, a real technical challenge because we did this whole thing with no budget. So, right. I, I edited the entire thing about 50 feet from where I am in my spare bedroom. So I literally, this entire film was shot on my own cameras, my own equipment, which I use for TV production. Sure. And uh, literally my laptop and some big hard drives and big old screens stacked sure. up. And, um, you know, I had to buy a brand new laptop about uh, two months ago because the file got so big that the other laptop couldn't handle it. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, uh, he and I did this as a labor of love and, a, and a, you know, a, a Hail Mary pass to hopefully be able to tell his story because, you know, now that Tony's gone, Zamir's not Tony and, and uh, the audience goes away with it, except that Zamir's quirky, wonderful, fun personality can shine through. And so yeah, I, I tried that. to, I, yeah, you know, I tried to let, at first I tried to control him. I'm like, okay, Samir, no, no, sit over here and say exactly this, this, and this in my reality <laughs> show days. And then I, after a while, I realized, you know, if you just let him run a little bit, he says these, these wonky, crazy lines. Um, at one point we're in the Russian submarine and the engineer, the chief engineer is going, okay, watch your head in here when you climb through this little hole thing. And, and you go slow, don't bang yourself. And, you know, so it's appears going through and it goes, yeah, so go real fast right here. Right. You know, and it's just the way he does things and yeah, so I love letting, it. letting, yeah, letting his, you know, personality, uh, blossom. And, and then you realize the gravity of the life he has lived with his ancestors being murdered by the Nazis and Stalin as well. Um, yeah. you know, what a heavy thing to carry around. And then, you know, he's had some very dramatic things in his life in the last year of our filming. Um, of and, uh, you know, so that kind of changed the end of the film. Um, but, you know, we, we hope that it's, it's uh, a ride that people get to take for an hour and maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll watch it and not realize that they haven't looked at their watch. And maybe they're just in it but uh we'll have to find that out on monday what the audience thinks and then yeah come down to you guys and find out what uh, cincinnati thinks yeah, that's awesome uh which reminds me so as of the time of this recording you're a, you have not had the premiere yet right no the premiere is in uh, two days <laughs> that's what i thought okay yeah, yeah that's exciting well I'm, I'm looking for it i'm i hope i obviously wish the best for you i think it's gonna go great yeah. and but the, the buffalo film festival is always a good time too so yeah, yeah, and I was real flattered to be able to even be in it. They, you know, I was late. You know, I literally just finished this two days ago. I, I had the final output of the film. You know, so you know now now we're you know moving on to the to the next step. That's so cool. I got to ask a nerdy question. Uh, what what camera did you shoot this on? Um, we did the uh, Airy uh, Simplex Google Wrap Four, which I just oh. made that up. No. Uh, well, there's some iPhone. There's uh, I actually on the serious side. I use Panasonic platform. Um, I have a, 
a cinema camera called an EVA one and then a matching one called the Lumix S one H and they're both Panasonic and they're, Oh yeah. Both. The they're, both great. they're really nice. And, uh, they're, they're, uh, both Netflix approved on their specs. So when I got into this, I said, you know, at least we can meet that requirement. Um, and then, uh, but you know, I got here and there in, in acts of desperation, I got some uh, iPhone footage, uh, in there and some GoPro footage and, and I, uh, DJI, uh, Mavic three drone stuff and, uh, the Mavic air two S drone footage mixed in there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a hodgepodge of uh, footage, but, but yeah, mainly we relied on the, the Panasonic platform to get us, get us through the big bulk of the footage. I'm trying to get to that point where I can call it out by simply looking at the footage now, but like, I know that's not a realistic <laughs> expectation to me. <laughs> Maybe, you know, um, there's so much you can do with it. Like for instance, right now I'm on the new iPhone 15 pro max. Yeah. Uh, I, I just got it like three hours ago. I was hoping I'd make the conversion to be able to talk to you, but, um, it shoots better. F you know, when you're traveling in some far flung country, I've been all over the weird places all over the world. And sometimes having a small camera yeah. is handy because you don't draw the attention of the guy with the AK 47, 23 feet away. You Huge know, fan and, of that. <laughs> yeah, it is. As opposed to as soon as they see those big cameras, they think, Hey, you know, you know, oh, you're a film crew. You must be loaded with money. I'm like, no, no, I had to borrow money from my wife for the ticket to Moscow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank her too. Yes, <laughs> oh, we do very much, very much. Oh, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer kicks butt. <laughs> oh, hey, huge fan. Well, we'll get that on shirts for the event. So, yeah, of course, I'm hoping everybody will join us on the 21st of October here at Jungle Gyms. That should be fun, and we have it all over our website, junglegyms.com. Jungle, uh, all that stuff. Events coming up. Stephen, what's next for you? What are we making? What are we making after this? Well, what's next? Seriously, it's a plug for Jungle Gyms because when I was down <laughs> there about a year ago, I'd never seen anything like it in anywhere in the world except for the one market in ba outside Bangkok. But the food selection in there, I walked in like I'll look around. The next thing I know, I dropped like 500 bucks because I had to have all this stuff and drove back to Buffalo. But um, so anyway, what's what's next is uh, probably, probably going to do a film, uh, uh, either finish up a heroin documentary I was working on with uh, PBS footage that was never used. And uh, I see the, the landscape changing on what the addiction epidemic is doing here in the United States. And then uh, another possibility is one on spirituality and aging. <laughs> oh, cool. That'd be interesting too. Yeah. 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 It'll be wonky and weird. Oh, I love it. Hey, that's the only way to be. If you're doing it, like, yeah. let's make it strange. Keep it. Well, yeah. well, you've been to jungle gyms, you know, we're on board for that kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just send me the food, baby. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we will. Well, Steven, looking forward to meeting you in real life. Thanks so much for coming yeah. on here and tell us about the movie and your experience. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me. I hope you can beep out the swear words if you need to. Well, I won't, just in case. Steven, thanks so much for your time. Zamir, congratulations to you both. Again, congrats on the win. That's very cool. Now you all can come see a an award-winning film here at The Jungle. That's the kind of stuff we do. And hopefully that we'll do more fun stuff like this in the future. I think it could be very, very, very cool. Well, of course, to all of you out there, thank you so much for watching the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, looking forward to seeing all of your uh, contest entries this week. And of course, just... Uh, Tell everybody about this. Subscribing is the number one way to win. Uh, if you're listening along the audio platform, I appreciate it. But that's you're eligible too, baby. You just got to play the game. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave a comment on this episode of the podcast. Um, if I and I, I'm telling you, I mean, just think about what 
And what, what instant ramen's like a few cents a package, right? Now, just imagine I'm going to drop like $75 in ramen on you. Just picture what that's going to look like. And if you can't do that, it'll be all over our social media after you all help me pick it on TikTok Live tomorrow, or excuse me, today. So that reveals, right? Because I always shoot this part the last before I put the episode out, just in case there's anything that happens at work that I have to do at the last minute, or there's any updates, I can always do it this way. It's really easy. So anyway, um, I'm yammering classic mark i appreciate you all so much for watching the show thanks for tuning in i love hearing from you shoot me an email at podcast at junglegyms.com let's talk in the meantime i will be out in the aisles eating discounted parmesan reggiano cheese you're welcome the jungle gyms podcast is recorded in the wjji studio inside jungle gyms international market in fairfield ohio the Jungle Gyms Podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.